Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Good morning and welcome to the Lakers Lowdown. I'm Anthony Irwin. Today on the show, the Lakers made it way harder than it felt like they had to. But you know what? At this stage of the year, a win is a win is a win. And they are now up 3-1 to one in this series, heading back to Memphis. Let's start with the good. Uh, LeBron. Uh, <laughs> and, and plenty else, right? Austin Reeves played really well. Uh the, the, the Rui Hachimura came in despite being really cold, grabbed some big rebounds. D'Angelo Russell uh, rebounded from a really bad first half to, to have a very impactful second half. Uh, the Lakers were able to overcome Anthony Davis having yet another really bad offensive game. And, and look, like the good is that they won, right? At the end of the day, any complaints I have over the course of this game, they are all kind of mitigated by shut up, Anthony, they won, right? So so that's the good. And I'll get into, you know, kind of more detailed stuff regarding the good uh, as as we go along. But first and foremost, you know, they, they won. And, and uh, you know, they, they get to kind of learn from some of the stuff that I think they did poorly. And and they get to do that while they win. Um, but, but yeah, I, I, I do think, though... That there's a lot to learn from here. So the Lakers, uh, by the time TNT got around to showing the game, were down 6-0, right? I turned on the game, they were already down, and you're like, oh, cool. It's going to be one of these things again, right? Uh, but to their credit, you know, they really did kind of bounce back and, and get back to the things that made them the better team against Memphis in this series. They defended really well. They utilized length. They utilized physicality. They got out on the break, and all of a sudden they were up by 15, uh, with you know a few minutes or so to go in the third quarter. Um, and then you know, or and not in the third quarter, in the second quarter, and in in the, at the end of the first half, and you know then Lakers stuff started happening. Right, uh, you miss some wide open three pointers. You turn the ball over a couple times. You don't go down and you don't get stops. And all of a sudden, a 15-point lead shrinks down to a uh, two-point lead heading into the half. And you know, the first thing that you hear at the end of the, in halftime at halftime is actually uh, Chuck criticizing Mike Budenholzer for not calling a timeout while the opposing team, in Budenholzer's case, uh, the Miami Heat, were on an extended run that got Miami back into the game and eventually won them the game. In this case, though, the Lakers up by 15, and they're watching this run take place in front of them, and you're watching the whole time. You're like, timeout? A sub? Anything? Darvin! Where you at, bud? 
and nothing happened, right? And you're just sitting there waiting for something to happen. And no, the run takes place. Eventually, Memphis winds up taking the lead, you know, early in the third quarter. And you're watching, you're like, this is a game and it didn't have to be. You know, call the timeout to, to you know, as, as Memphis, the, the best coaches you watch them, Greg Popovich, Eric Spolstra, all of these coaches are really good at sensing a run from the other team, calling timeout and just being like, hey, what we're doing? Yeah, no more of that, please. Cool. And then we'll go and then and then that team goes out there and and look, sometimes it doesn't work. And and but still, like, at least there's something that is done to kind of stem that tide. In this case, though, in that in the, at the end of the first half, nothing from Ham and and yeah, the Lakers, you know, it, it winds up being a much tougher game than it felt like it needed to be. And, and look, maybe Memphis gets into it some other way. Ham winds up making enough mistakes over the course of the game that makes you think like, okay, yes, maybe it was always destined to be this kind of knockdown dragout. And it is a seven seed team taking a three one lead over a two seeded team or a, yeah, two seeded team. And to to a certain extent, you're like, well, they they aren't going to go down without a fight. Although, if the post game scrums are any any indication, uh, Memphis appears to be heading down without a fight. We'll see. But yeah, it, you, you're watching it. And you're like, all right, I something, anything, any kind of adjustment, nothing, Darvin. You're just going to sit there, hands in pockets. All right, and all of a sudden it's a game again, and. And rather than, you know, stress to the Lakers, we need to go back to the things that built the lead in the first place, length, athleticism, defense, transition basketball. Uh, the Lakers wind up focusing on small ball, which, whew, I have thoughts. So I went live right after the game with Raj, and I'm not going to fully disagree with him on his points, right? We had a good back and forth. And, and still kind of what I land on, though, is what Memphis, the big advantage that Memphis has in this series is that their guards are significantly better than the Lakers' guards. And uh, we've seen it play out, right? Like when, 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 when John Morant, and I know you're going to say, well, he was guarded by Jared Vanderbilt in game three and scored 45 points. But if he's going to score his 45 points with six of them coming from three-point range, cool. All right. Fine. Keep taking those shots. You know, you aren't getting into the paint. You aren't kicking it out. And you aren't creating those advantages there. And, and you know, at the start of the game, you know, or not at the start of the game, the very start of the game was pretty ugly. But, but when the Lakers got right back into the game and then built that 15-point lead, you're watching. You're like, all right. Yeah. Length, athleticism, physicality. That's the that was the hallmark of the 2020 team. That appears to be the hallmark of this team. Oh no, no, we're we're going three guard lineups. From here on out, Rui Hachimura's only gonna play eight minutes in the first half. I mean, okay. We'll see how this ends. And again, it's just Memphis's advantage in this one, or or at the very least, what you what you can say is the Lakers the Lakers' advantage is that strength, physicality, athleticism, and all of that stuff, and and they diminish their own advantage 
by going super small. It made zero sense to me over the as it was happening, and and yeah, I I really think this game goes to overtime and stuff like that because of poor process. And yes, D'Angelo Russell comes back in, knocks down some huge three pointers down the stretch of that game, but I don't think they win without him fouling out. Uh, he was terrible in the first half. Kept on going to him. Uh, Dennis Schroeder, uh, pretty bad. You know, he he hit some big buckets and stuff like that, but like pretty bad down the stretch. Some pretty bad turnovers in that one. And and yeah, like you're saying, look, Troy Brown Jr. not spacing the floor. Um, Jared Vanderbilt gets ignored on offense, and you don't want to clutter the the paint. So there isn't necessarily an easy choice here. But the, the the advantage, again, that the Lakers have is size. And one of the frustrating things down the stretch of that game was even if the Lakers were getting stops, Memphis was getting two or three opportunities on, 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 on the basket or at the basket um, because the Lakers were so small. And fortunately, Memphis missed some makeable shots down the stretch of that game. So, I look, you guys know me. I am... A, a a slave to process. I really care deeply about process because it tends to be a very good indicator of you know future outcomes. And for the Lakers to this point, it seemed to me like they really had figured out their advantage over Memphis. It's a clear advantage. They're missing Steven Adams. They're missing Brandon Clark. The Lakers aren't missing up front players up and, and front court players. And and to go away from that and to kind of play into Memphis's, you know, strengths here was troublesome. It was it was worrisome. I hope that Darwin, you know, looks at the tape and goes, what the fuck was I thinking? Because that was the, the I, I really thought he he coached one of his worst games to this point um, in his tenure as a Laker. And that's really saying something because I'm pretty far out on on him. Nick Nurse is is available, by the way, Lakers. Just just a heads up. But but yeah, I, I I really think that, you know, it's fortunate that the Lakers were able to to make their mistakes, overcome those mistakes, get right back to look, when they when they closed and it was Rui and it was LeBron and it was A D up front, there were some big rebounds grabbed there down the stretch, and the Lakers got the stops that they needed. And I really think they could have expanded on their lead in in overtime, but I think they were pretty tired and they didn't want to get out and run. But you know, for for me, it's it's a pretty clear formula with the Lakers and Memphis: be bigger, be stronger. You're not going to be faster because Jaws a fucking blur out there. And but but still, like be be stronger, more physical, longer. And and really beat this team kind of into submission and and I to this to, you know to most of this series through most of this series you have seen the Lakers do just that and and in this one it was really frustrating to see them go away from it and I'm just really glad that it didn't wind up biting them in the butt to the tune of a really what would have been a really embarrassing home playoff loss.
When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Now let's talk about uh, the actually good. So LeBron was, uh, it was a really interesting game from LeBron. First Laker to have 20 and 20 in a playoff game since Shaquille O'Neal. Um, and and this was one thing that, you know, I'll always kind of remember about the Kobe Bryant era where, uh, you know, that, that, that game seven against Boston, Kobe doesn't have it going as a shooter he goes out and he grabs, I believe it was like 16 rebounds or something like that. And then down the stretch of the game was just a battering ram to the basket to try to get to the free throw line to make up for the fact that he wasn't shooting particularly well. Um, and and this game kind of reminded me of that game where, or you know, from, from Kobe, where uh, in this one, LeBron, he clearly doesn't trust his jumper. Uh, he hasn't really been able to turn the corner on whoever is guarding him uh, from Memphis, unless it's like Roddy. I think he really feels comfortable attacking Roddy. Uh, I think he really feels comfortable attacking, you know, Jaw. Uh, but if it's Tillman out there, if it's Jaron Jackson Jr. out there, um, you know, I, I think LeBron is for the most part like more willing to become a, a jump shooter because in his kind of microprocessor brain, he's looking at it like, look, I, I can't get to the basket. I'm going to use whatever advantage I can to still be able to maybe get a shot up here. And, um, you know, he hasn't been shooting the ball well. He hasn't shot the ball well all year. So for him to go out and create extra, extra possessions on the offensive boards or, you know, go out and shut down possessions for Memphis by grabbing rebounds of his own on the defensive side of the ball, uh, that kind of physicality, especially given the way that AD approaches game, more on him, him, him in a bit. Um, this was a really great, really cool, honestly, LeBron game. The fact that he just saw something that he could do out there, and and really just kind of take advantage of of that thing that he noticed that he can affect or impact the game with. Um, this being rebounding, that was really cool. And you know, you combine that with some timely buckets, obviously. Um, with the game on the line, it was really cool to see him put his head down and get to the basket, uh, whether it was at the end of regulation or, you know, in, in the possession that winds up icing the game that time he puts his head down, gets an, and one, uh, LeBron, you know, I obviously not able at, at this stage of his career to turn the corner as consistently as he used to, but, when the game really called for it and the Lakers desperately needed him to, he was able to to pull that out of his back pocket. You combine that with the rebounding 
and, and just a really cool winning effort from LeBron. Kind of the opposite of that, though, from AD for the vast majority of the game. And, and look, the defense is still there. He is still an absolute nuisance on that side of the court. So that needs to be mentioned. But offensively, yet another no-show from him. And, you know, he's another guy. Doesn't trust his jump, sh- his jump shot. Um, again, in this one, allow, the, the, the referees allow a lot of physicality for AD. And I kind of think that um, the way that he plays and reacts to that physicality is a factor in why he isn't getting those calls. But yeah, generally speaking, the Lakers need a lot more from him. And, uh, you know, they're going to win this series, I think, the, the Lakers. I'm pretty sure they're going to win this one. But if they are going to reach their highest level, AD just flat out needs to be better. And he still has these games now twice in this series where he just isn't interested in leaving the court. Uh, literally the ground, like he just doesn't want to go vertical. And I don't know if it's a matter of not trusting himself on the landing. I don't know if he isn't healthy. I know Chris Haynes reported over the course of the game that, um, and, and others noticed over the course of it. I, I also know like he just wasn't moving particularly well. And I guess maybe that hip thing is bugging him. But even before he took that fall, he wasn't exactly exploding off of the floor and like I said, this is the second game where he has this weird performance that, you know, he, for whatever reason, he's not interested in dunking. And look, <laughs> if you aren't a very good jump shooter and, uh, you know, the, 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 the defense by way of you being pushed off of your spot is allowed to be super physical what you wind up having to do at some point and what AD has done in the past is set the tone, reset the pre- the, the precedent and go out there and really like shove a whole bunch of people into the, into, into the basket. And, and I'm still, I was waiting for it over the course of this game. I was waiting for it over the course of game two. And you know, I, the Lakers cannot afford, I think they could afford, obviously, they could afford multiple games like that from from AD in this series because Memphis is just that shorthanded. But moving forward, Sacramento, the Warriors, like the Warriors are the defending champions. That's going to be a tough fucking series. Sacramento, if they beat the defending champions, it's going to be another tough fucking series. And if you win that one, you have to go out and play Nikola Jokic uh, and or or Kevin Durant probably. And that's going to be another tough effing series. So, like, the Lakers won't be able to afford multiple games from AD where he's just soft. I'm sorry, but he just uh, offensively, defensively, different story. Very good player, super impactful, still playing some of the best defense, you know, you're ever going to see. But offensively, soft. He's getting punked. He, he the, 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 the Grizzlies are switching Desmond Bain on onto him, and he's getting pushed all the way out to the three-point line. And at some point, it's like spin off of him, go back door, get something going towards the basket. Um, but no, it's just not happening. And and the Lakers just flat-out need more from somebody who, like, look, we're watching it with LeBron. He can't turn the corner as often as he needed to. 
This is where AD should be stepping up offensively, but he isn't, and it's frustrating, and he needs to be better. Still, though, look, the Lakers won a playoff game, now have a 3-1 lead over the Memphis Grizzlies as the, the series shifts back to Memphis, and I think they really have a chance at wrapping this up in Game 5. LeBron normally, you know, when, when he sees blood in the water, this thing is usually over. And Memphis, to me, looks like a team that is just kind of looking for an excuse to fold up shop. But as we saw in in Game 4 here, uh, if you give Memphis a little bit of momentum, they are really going to run with it. And they've been very good at home all year. So to me, I think the Lakers need to get back to the identity that has made them the better team for the vast majority of the series. They need to be stronger. They need to be bigger, longer, all that stuff. Um, and and I think they need to take the crowd out of it as quickly as they possibly can. It's going to be tough. Like I said, Memphis is a very good home team, and they've been a very good team over the course of this year. But uh, I, I do think, you know, like we saw in Game 3, uh, LeBron comes out, sets a tone really early, I, I think if the Lakers want to you know want to wrap this thing up in 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 five games, what it's probably going to take is LeBron doing that exact thing, AD being significantly better. Um, you're going to have to overcome some whistles because, uh, you know, refereeing on the road is is not something that you want to really rely on. So the Lakers are going to have to go out and win this thing, but I think they have a real chance at doing that. And I do legitimately like their chances of, of doing so. It's just a matter of, of how they approach it and, and if, you know, Darvin Ham doesn't get in his own way again. All right, that is going to do it here for this episode of the Lakers Lowdown. I know there was a lot that I didn't really touch on in this game. Look, Austin Reeves was really good in this one again. Uh, you know, they, they got timely stretches from guys that they needed it to. If you want more immersive coverage of that game, then listen to my recap, which uh, was recorded right afterward with Raj. So check out that on this very feed. I also wrote something for Substack about why I think the Lakers owe it to this group to run it back and give them a, a full training camp to see what they can do next offseason. You can check that again. It's a free post on, on Substack, so you can check that out. Uh, I was as well out as well and uh, yeah I'm kind of delirious delirious now it's 2:15 I'm exhausted I will talk to you guys tomorrow